It's time for Insure Talk with insurance industry tech geek and Guidewire chief evangelist, Laura Drabik. In this podcast series, we don't just talk about innovative ideas in PNC insurance. We talk with industry trailblazers about the big ideas they made happen and how they did it. If you're looking for insights on the trends and technologies reshaping the industry, an all new Insure Talk starts now. Welcome to Insure Talk. My name is Laura Drabeck, Chief Evangelist at Guidewire. In this special episode, I'm revisiting some of the expert insights shared by insurance industry trailblazers who've appeared as guests on my show. It's a quick hit of bite-sized brilliance on insurtech innovation, digital transformation, artificial intelligence, and a host of other technology trends to get us inspired for the year ahead. Enjoy. This industry is full of people that want to innovate. Adrian Jones, partner, HSCM Ventures. When InsureTech emerged a decade ago, I think insurers saw the industry as more of a competitive threat. How has this point of view matured over time? I think you're right that a number of large companies saw a competitive threat, but I think that that didn't last for very long. You know, you saw some strange activity in the early days of InsureTech where people said, well, you know, we all need to go out to Silicon Valley and hang out at Google and Facebook's offices and then we'll come back and get some beanbag chairs and we'll all be inspired and suddenly we're going to act like a startup. Fortunately, we're not hearing any of that anymore. What we're starting to see now is carriers and others in the insurance business saying InsureTech could be a competitive threat to us or they could be a partner and they're going to help us beat the incumbent down the street or in the next state over. That is what's going to lead to substantial amounts of innovation coming not just from InsureTechs, but also from the established carriers. We're going towards deep partnerships with InsureTechs. We're seeing more straight through processing, so elimination of tasks, including simple claims activities, even policy servicing activities. We are seeing more focus on alternative distribution. There are a very large number of ways in which you can meet a consumer at a point when a consumer wishes to purchase insurance and provide them a better offering than they might have otherwise. I think ultimately when you combine what the incumbents are doing as well as what the younger startups are doing, I think that it produces ultimately an industry that's going to serve customers much better than we are today. I really enjoyed your InsureTech Connect presentation, and you spoke about where today's Cuthbert Heath are winning. Can you provide some context on the term Cuthbert Heath and also the top areas where they are winning? Cuthbert Heath was an underwriter at Lloyd's for 59 years, and he is largely credited with being the father of modern insurance. He he created automobile insurance, burglary insurance. He would insure you for smallpox, but only if you were vaccinated. Uh, he created air raid insurance during World War One. People today in the United States know the name Lloyds of London because of Cuthbert Heath. And so some of the different areas where various Cuthbert Heaths are active today are cyber, perils like wildfire, specialties like pet and flood, telematics, with integrating predictive data, straight through decisioning, image recognition, and of course, software and data. If you think of yourself as an innovator and you think I could be Cuthbert Heath, I could be someone who really drives the future of this business, those are some of the areas that I'd be looking if I were you. 
things have never moved as fast as they are right now, and they'll also never be this slow again. Brent Hammer, Innovation Officer at Grange Insurance. Grange launched GeForce Innovations, an incredible initiative with the goal of advancing promising startups and building long-term partnerships with them. Can you tell us about GeForce? Yeah, absolutely. GeForce is really a dedicated investment of resources to identify, develop, and most importantly, adopt InsureTech solutions that are driving new products and better experiences for our customers and agents. I really see the future where insurers are critical elements to providing stability and peace of mind and protection, but really taking it to the next level and rather than being almost exclusively indemnification, really trying to be more proactive and leveraging the internet of things, predictive analytics, machine learning, et cetera, to really be a more embedded, integrated, and proactive manager of risk for our customers. We're really eager to simplify and automate day-to-day workflows. We've invested a lot in new data stacks. We've got middleware, so new APIs. We're really cleaning up our data and augmenting it with new novel data sources to improve our predictive analytics. And we're introducing new product lines as well to meet the shifting expectations of our agents and our customers. Not just to meet those expectations though, but ultimately the goal is to gain an edge. So AI, blockchain, geospatial analytics, virtual inspections, and the list continues. These are all hot value propositions within InsureTech. Brent, what are your main areas of focus and how do you decide which categories of InsureTech to focus on? GeForce is business first, not tech first. We're focused on identifying problems that need solutions, not necessarily a brand new shiny InsureTech solution that's searching for a problem to solve. Ultimately, we're trying to play a matchmaker between what the business needs internally and what is being developed by entrepreneurs and InsureTechs externally. When you talk about the tech specifically, success equals the quality of the technology times the level of adoption that you're going to get. You could have the most whiz-bang, amazing tech in the world, but if you can't convince people to adopt it or it's ahead of its time and people aren't ready to adopt it, you're going to run into trouble. And so I think blockchain still has a little to be determined. I think AI is maturing and it's maturing very rapidly, but geospatial analytics, that's been nice and mature and we're leveraging that, we're leveraging RPA and all of these items are really helping us to establish ourselves as a trusted enabler to the business, not trying to fit a square peg into a round hole, but understanding the solution that the business needs. That is so important for a successful innovation organization. So if we think about cyber, we think about rideshare, we think about changing asset ownership, all of these new emerging categories didn't exist 15 years ago. And as a result, the ability to underwrite them and do so in an appropriate, scalable way was just a dream. Vivek Krishnamurthy, Principal at Commerce Ventures. Now that these categories are gaining prominence and there's real customer demand, it doesn't surprise me at all that they'll drive tremendous amounts of premium. Vivek's investment focus is on early stage insure techs that support the insurance value chain. As digital distribution becomes more targeted, it's easier for carriers to penetrate deeper into historically underpenetrated pockets of consumers. And my favorite example is SMB. 40% of small businesses are underinsured, if not uninsured. And the ability to access even the three-person mom-and-pop startup is much easier. So I think there's going to be new lines that are explosive and large. And second, I think even existing lines with new digital distribution tools, we're going to be able to serve insurance up to categories of consumers that 
that have been hard to market to before. Vivek, what are some of your favorite insure tech value props and why? One of my favorite value props is claims disbursement, specifically replacing the paper check. Instead of getting a physical check in the mail, there's a digital check and you can print it out, take that check to the bank and get it cashed that way. You can remote deposit capture it, or you can enter your 16 digit number for your debit card and those funds would get pushed to your account in 20 seconds. Today, it takes a normal carrier about $7 to cut, print and mail a check. That experience that I just called out could be done for 10 cents. So there are these massive cost saving opportunities that also happen to be delightful for consumers. The second, it's around claims collaboration. So a captive contractor network on the same digital platform as claimants and the same digital platform of a carrier. And imagine that the ease of coordination across scheduling and payment between the three parties without having to get a multi-party check signed off by your bank and then by you and then going to the contractor. Those are the two categories that I'm probably most excited about right now. So buy now, pay later or BNPL is starting to enter insurance. What role does it play across various insurance lines? I think that there are certainly some challenges with BNPL that you can have at scale, but particularly in commercial, it makes a ton of sense. If we're trying to get more small businesses to be appropriately insured, the best way to do that is not put a onerous upfront premium on a small business that may just be starting up and needs to spend that money on just even open doors. And same thing with contractors and third-party service providers that need to be able to show insurance before they can earn a dollar. And I think in those instances, being able to split up that premium over time, make four installment payments versus all at once makes a lot of sense. And so I suspect in cyber, in commercial, maybe even in crypto, we'll see BNPL stay forever and very likely upmarket where it's always been in premium finance. There might be some new digital first approach or UI to place around it, but I suspect that will live on as well. We'll return to all these great insights from past episodes of InsureTalk in just a moment. Digging InsureTalk with Laura Drabik? Be sure to subscribe on Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're at it, rate the show on Apple Podcasts and let us know how we're doing. Now, let's get back to the show. This is Laura Drabik, and let's get back to more expert insights from past episodes of InsureTalk. I believe every company faces what I'll call the Uber moment. Tim Hayes, Vice President of Mountain West Farm Bureau Mutual Insurance Company. Think taxi service. What did they do wrong? They picked up people, they dropped them off, and they exchanged money. Yet ridership dropped 70%. Somebody changed the rules of the game. Tim, Mountain West Farm Bureau embarked on an ambitious journey to transform your systems of record, your digital experiences, and your data analysis. You've been serving the needs of families and businesses for over 72 years. Why change now? I think insurance is facing a landscape of unprecedented change, and we can either be excited about that and prepare for it, or we can run away from it and be entrenched. We're going to choose a path of being prepared for it to the best of our ability and focus on being the best insurance company possible, and that requires a new system. I often hear that growth is a strategic imperative for investing in a modern platform. Tim, can you share with us your strategic imperatives? This project does many things that feed future strategic growth. One of them is a modernized technology platform that's easier to maintain and improve. So I've heard that upgrading an insurance platform can take eight months to 10 months on average. We did ours in a month. Now, Tim, you implemented the entire insurance suite platform. So that's policy claims, billing. You also implemented Guideware Digital and data. The entire platform for five lines of business were implemented in 12 months. 
What were your guiding principles for achieving your implementation timeframe? Sure. Five things. One, fanatical project execution and program governance. Two, executive sponsorship. Three, manage change. Don't do change management. Manage change. Make decisions quickly, and most importantly, make them once. And number five, the software works. Don't change it. Most projects fail to meet their objectives, and 70% of the time, it's due to poor project management. You cannot take on a project of this magnitude with this amount of change if it's an IT project. It's a Mountain West project. There's everything about how we run this organization that's being touched. So making decisions quickly is important. And finally, we're not trying to rebuild legacy systems here. We're not trying to recreate your job the way it was done in the past. We're attempting to implement this software, and if you run it, we think you're going to be delighted. Tim, something incredibly important was that you stressed the importance of considering company-wide functions when mapping business processes and collecting data. How did you go about doing this? I reject the notion that a phased rollout is lower risk, and it is certainly not faster. And the reason you can't say it's lower risk is three reasons. One, you can't test it end-to-end, and you have to build a bunch of integrations that you have to throw away. And third, it's hard to keep the technology stack in sync when it's by its nature on a different platform and on a different upgrade cycle. Any tips to share on how to leverage your culture for a successful implementation? There's a saying, right? Culture eats strategy for breakfast. I completely agree. Now folks walk these halls with swagger in their step and it's contagious. Most of the innovation that we've been focused on in the industry has been around efficiency and cost cutting. And the truth is, while those are good things, like I'm an ex-management consultant, I love lean, don't get me wrong, but you can't efficiency your way to success in the long term. Brian Falchuk insurance and insure tech executive and advisor. You can only take out so much cost. The real benefit is in your product and how you deliver it. And so I think what we've seen from most existing players is this efficiency and cost cutting kind of mentality, which by the way, actually hasn't worked. If you looked at historic expense ratios, they've been pretty flat. But if you look at the startups, they're trying to innovate on product or the delivery of product. What if we could have both sides of the startup and incumbent equation thinking about product Differently, thinking about the delivery of product differently. I think that's how we could actually evolve the industry. Cost cutting, cost efficiency, all those sorts of things, very valuable. I'm not saying ignore them, but that's not the real prize. And so we as an industry need to remember that and go back to innovating on the customer facing bits, not just what's going on behind the scenes. Is cloud delivery of modern solutions important to insurance? Should it be? And if so, why? This is the kind of question that I think I engage in the most with carriers because I keep getting like, Ryan, what's the one tech we need to put? Everyone loves being reductionist. Like, what's the one food we have to eat to live forever? You know, and it was kale for a while, but now I don't know what it is. But you keep hearing this with tech too. It's like, what's the one thing we have to put in? And my answer usually disappoints people because it's not a technology. It's the word flexibility. And I think generally speaking, there's one thing that can deliver the level of flexibility flexibility you really need, and that's having a cloud-based infrastructure and cloud-based tools that you can knit together through APIs openly, easily, that can tie into new data models and new data sources and publish it out and receive answers back. I mean, all these sorts of things, you just can't do that with the ways that we've traditionally done things from a system standpoint. And so for me, cloud-based is really the only answer at this point. This to me is actually an existential point. So I think as a carrier, to have the flexibility afforded by being cloud-native is I think at this point, fully table stakes. So if you're not thinking about it, you need to start thinking about it and probably you needed to already start it. So that is critical. That's just my take on it. 
Our ultimate goal is to be a purpose-driven, digitally-led national insurer over the next decade. Andy Taylor, CEO of Gore Mutual Insurance. And there's three key components of the transformation. The first one is really bringing in best-in-class operating model design from around the world. The second pillar is completely replacing all of our technology over a very accelerated two to three year period with industry leading cloud-based guidewire platforms. And the third one that is a significant investment in the talent and elevation of our business. So really taking our business from being a mid-sized regional generalist insurance company and building a scalable business model that will allow us to achieve that vision of becoming a national insurer in the years to come. I had the pleasure of watching you present Gore Mutual's Next Horizon Strategy at Connections. And in your presentation, you used the memorable quote from one of our Canadian heroes, Wayne Gretzky, which is, skate to where the puck is going, not where it has been. Would you mind sharing that mindset with our listeners? The whole idea behind Next Horizon is to look out 10 years on the horizon. And this is the idea of looking at where the puck's going. We could see some very concerning trends in our industry, and that really was the catalyst for the transformation, the three key trends that we were looking at specifically were massive consolidation of our distribution landscape, exponential change in technology, and then finally significant change in consumer expectations. If we were not to dramatically change our company and position ourselves for success in the future, we might have actually found ourselves in a difficult spot. How are you measuring the success of your transformation and are there any achievements to date that you can share with us? The one specific example early in the program was we worked with an external partner to bring an entirely new operating model into our claims area. And just in that area alone, we were able to generate in excess of $30 million of recurring cost savings out of our business, which helped ultimately fund some of the technology investments that we were making. The second one is the success of the implementation of our Guidewire cloud platform. And in this area, we took the very ambitious goal to replace the entire technology platform within a three-year period, but we were able to finish the entire personalized business within 18 months. We were lagging the industry. We were on outdated technology platforms. So we had a decision to make, do we catch up to where the industry is or do we leapfrog to the most modern platform? The cloud really opens up an opportunity for us to partner with many, many new solutions at a pace that that we certainly could not have done if we were not on the cloud. Loving InsureTalk with Laura Drabik? For more expert insights and inspiration, subscribe to Laura's email newsletter at drabikdigest.com, your one-stop resource for Laura's latest blog posts, videos, podcasts, articles, and more. That's www.drabikdigest.com. Now let's get back to the show. Probably most critical for the insurance companies is to find a way to instill a culture of innovation. Bob Reveal, partner at Ernst & Young. You know, historically, this has not been the case. Bob has over 30 years of experience in the digital and tech transformation space. His focus over the past decade has been on platform modernization with the lens of addressing the digital experience. 
insurances in industry that's worked really well over the past hundred years. A lot of things are going to change over the next 10 years and insurance companies will have to change accordingly. If you think about the successful insurers of the future, they're going to have to find a way to leverage a diverse set of ideas, which allow for fast and cost-effective experimentations in a launch and learn type of model. And for those that are able to do that, they have found themselves a competitive advantage. For those that aren't able to do that, they have a competitive threat ahead of them. Yeah, well said. So a new way to distribute insurance is via embedded insurance. Just to make sure everyone's on the same page that's listening, embedded insurance is coverage that's offered with the purchase of third-party products or services. So it's the travel insurance offered when you book a Norwegian cruise, the Apple warranty for your iPhone, or auto coverage to go with that new EV or Tesla. So according to McKinsey, up to 25% of all personal lines premiums could be generated through through embedded insurance ecosystems by 2030. Bob, what benefits does an embedded insurance model offer carriers? It's a channel for obviously growing premium over time, but maybe most importantly, it's a channel to improve the customer and partner experience. For those not prepared, it's a growing and significant threat to their existing book of business, especially if you take an example like personal auto lines with what Tesla is doing and what GM is doing and has announced that they will do. Certainly a competitive threat to the existing book of business. Maybe the question should be asked is what should insurers do to be ready? There's multiple ways to participate in this new model and each insurer needs to decide where they're going to land. There will be an owner of a marketplace, if you will, that has significant ties to the customer journey and the customer ownership. And then there will be nodes on the marketplace that are participants from an insurance or product or services capability they get pulled in. So there's several options, certainly more than the ones I listed, but it will be important for insurers to think about when and how they want to play in those models. If you want to be a participant, you must possess a platform that allows for engagement, whether that be through partnership models, a superior technology platform, a superior digital platform, so that you can interact with customers in their desired fashion and the marketplace's owner's desired fashion as well. And this last item I'll mention is participants will need to possess the ability to partner in a symbiotic way, which benefits not only both sides of the partnership, but most importantly, the end customer as well. It's a two-way street, not a one-way street. A lot of people consider change management as primarily communications and trading, but it's also much more than that. Imran Ilyas, PwC Financial Services Partner and Insurance Leader. In order to move people to a future state, it is important to understand the current state, how people work, and how they consume information. Imran co-leads PwC's PNC core transformation practice, including change management. Change management comes in to help fill the gap between current and future state and resolving the gap through stakeholder engagement and enabling the behaviors that drive adoption. When it comes to change management for a technology implementation, most people think of user adoption once the technology is installed. Imran, what are your thoughts on when and how change management should be kickstarted? Yeah, I would say change management planning should be started very early in the pre-inception phase, where you would align leaders on a common vision for the transformation and begin to identify impacted stakeholders. The case for change should be understood earlier, whether it's quicker time to market, 
access real-time data, or shift to the cloud to enable greater agility. Those key points should remain front and center in messages to all key stakeholders throughout the life of the program. Another important point to keep in mind is that the core transformation are longer duration projects. And in the age of immediate satisfaction, we need to manage stakeholder expectations. Make sure to pace communication accordingly and manage the lulls of the program because those projects are sometimes 18 to 24 months and it's also good to highlight and share the smallest wins. The culture has the highest impact on a company's ability to complete a transformation. Catherine Degagne-Bazil, Executive Vice President of Business Performance and Information Technology at Benova. The success factors are the same everywhere. The ability to really drive and mobilize talented individuals, the ability to navigate through high turbulence, to stay positive despite a demanding workload, the ability to manage short-term needs while looking ahead to ensure the company's sustainability and long-term performance. And the reason the results are not the same everywhere is due to the culture of each organization and the capacity to execute. If the culture is not in line with our business needs, then regardless of all the investments and resources, their results will never match the ambition. In the end, human beings are at the heart of these achievements. Beneva is the result of the merger of La Capital and SSQ Insurance, creating the largest mutual insurance company in Canada with over 3.5 million members and clients. So why evaluate and then implement new technology at the same time as merging two carriers? Well, prior to the merger, La Capital had been looking to replace its legacy platform, Opus, with Guidewire. In our case, the best solution was already at SSQ, so the decision was clear. Guidewire was to become Beneva's new PNC platform. We truly believe Guidewire is helping us position ourselves accordingly. So much good stuff there. I hope you've enjoyed this special episode of InsureTalk. And if you haven't already done so, I hope you'll subscribe to InsureTalk on Amazon, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, this is Laura Drabik saying thank you for listening. In the year ahead, I look forward to bringing you more expert insights that show us why insurance industry innovation isn't just about ideas. It's about making ideas happen. Tune in next time for an all-new episode of Insure Talk with Laura Drabik, brought to you by Guidewire, the platform PNC insurers trust to engage, innovate, and grow efficiently. For more information, visit guidewire.com.